Without Jerry McEnroe, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game! DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange! They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing into this! It is over! The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me wanna Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo! A 14-yard quarterback draw! Somebody in Vegas told them they were gonna win my 20! And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here on ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica Road. Heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you uh, are doing via the ESPN app. Great way to take us with you wherever you go. Geez, like five minutes ago, it was 75 and sunny. Now the wind's blowing in central New York, already down to 52 degrees, getting colder than that. So uh, the winds of change are blowing. Will that uh, be a metaphor for tomorrow's matchup between Syracuse and Houston? Someone's got to move on to the Elite Eight. Might as well be Syracuse, right? We will certainly discuss that game uh, throughout the program today with you on the radio, on the app. Uh, We are having some technical issues currently with Twitch. Uh, We will get on that. We will fix that. But as you know, you can watch the show and experience the full encompassing program at twitch.tv slash Talk, where you can see the show, chat live during the show. The mics stay on during radio breaks, so you get to chat with us so exclusive content and things that you know only kind of come up during commercial breaks uh, so Tommy Gunn and the crew on that uh, but a couple of technical difficulties going on with Twitch right now we'll get on that for you 437-7644 is the phone number Brent X Media on Twitter the chat on Twitch as well there for you for all of the takes that's hot hot or otherwise as we go through the program uh, we have two guests uh, joining us today both in the next hour of the program, so uh, hour one, a good time for you to hop in here and do the thing. Five o'clock, my friend and colleague from Syracuse.com, award-winning sports writer, Donna DeTota. She is in Indy, one of the few reporters in Indy. I think a few more made their way out there. It's our friend Mark Larson from Spectrum News, a few other reporters have made their way out there, you know, traveling and Covering sports in person is obviously a bit more complicated these days, but, you know, with vaccines and procedures and hopefully starting to come out of the woods here a little bit, making that a little easier for people to go there. But Donna's been there all along, just kind of chilling in Indy this past week, covered the games last weekend as well. So we'll get her perspective from on the ground in Indianapolis and match up and discuss some of the great things that she has Put up on Syracuse.com this week, including a terrific feature on Robert Braswell. I mean, Donna's wrote a lot this week about the added media attention that uh, Buddy and Jim Beheim have gotten, particularly Buddy, because, you know, Jim's in the spotlight often. 
Lots of great stuff from Donna. We'll break down the matchup. Looking forward to that at 5 o'clock. At 5.30, Jeremy Branham is going to join the show. He is the play-by-play voice of the Houston Cougars. So we'll get an up-close and personal perspective on this Houston team from the guy who has been there calling the games all along. Some news on the SU basketball front on the women's side today. Unexpected news at that. Emily Anksler has entered the transfer portal. That is significant. She would have been a senior next year. She would have been a feature player on this team next year. While there's a lot of young talent on the rise for Coach Q, he's got a terrific recruiting class coming in for next season. That was a bit of an eyebrow raiser, even in a college basketball environment. Look, the transfer portal, folks, is going to be insane. Jim Beheim talked about it before uh, the postseason began and kind of that lull in between the end of the regular season and the postseason. He talked about it on his show and just kind of looked ahead and said, there's going to be players on the move. There's going to be coaches on the move. It's going to get crazy. And We've already seen some major names put their name into the portal. And here we see a big time talent for Syracuse. I mean, Emily was six person of the year in the ACC, terrific rebounder, average 10 points a game. We wish her well, certainly. Hope she gets the opportunity she's looking for here. But she's not the only one. Other players are entering the portal. And a few of those names were suspended at the end of the year. There was uh, some protocol violations there. So uh, the winds of change blowing today, as noted a few minutes ago on the women's side. Syracuse-Benz lacrosse team lost to Duke last night, but I liked a lot of what I saw last night. A lot of what I saw, including, I think, One of the five greatest goals I've ever seen in my life. Chase Scanlon, you are a wizard, Harry. I could not believe that shot. I've watched that replay many times today. Unbelievable. So we'll get into some lacks a little bit, some hot takes, and hit a a few other things in hot takes, particularly huge NFL trades today. Wow. I mean... Wow. San Francisco moves up, gets the third pick. Miami makes that trade, and like two minutes later, Miami trades with Philly. So Miami all over the map here, but for five minutes held the 12th pick, but traded back up to get the sixth pick. It was a crazy few minutes here. It's obviously teams getting in position for trades. So if that's what they got for the third pick, What can the Jets get for the second pick? Or are the Jets holding firm? They're going to take Zach Wilson, who had his pro day today, by the way, made some amazing throws in that pro day. Thank you very much. So interject some unbelievable NFL news in the middle of March Madness and everything we're going to get into. All right, a couple from the promotions department because you're going to want to know this stuff. We do have extended pregame tomorrow. And by extended pregame, how about three hours of pregame? But note this, it is on Twitch, it is on our friends at TK99, twitch.tv slash Talk is back. That's why I wanted to note that. Thank you, Jordan. But we're going to tell you about something happening on Twitch tomorrow, too, that you're going to want to be a part of. So starting at 5 and right up until 8.30, Gomez and I and a... Listen to this lineup of guests we're going to have for you tomorrow, starting at 5 o'clock. Now, the whole thing actually starts at 4. So, Paulie and Eric Devendorf will start at 4 o'clock over on TK99. Here are the guests we're going to have throughout the afternoon. Derek Coleman, Demetrius Nichols, 
we're going to give you some of the interviews that you may have missed here on ESPN Syracuse this week. But listen to some of these names. Joe Girard, full interview. John Wallace, the play-by-play voice of the Houston Cougars, Jeremy Branham, who we're going to talk with on this show today. Roosevelt Bowie, Lawrence Moten, Adrian Autry, Sherman Douglas, Billy Owens, Alan Griffin. Is that coach or player? Let's be more specific there. I think it's the coach. Jerry McNamara. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's all starting at five or at four with Paulie and Eric Devendorf. Gomez and I take over at five and we'll carry it till 830, which is network coverage. So just hours of pregame coverage. We're not messing around, man. This is a sweet 16. It's a big matchup. So that's on the pregame front. Once the game begins, you are absolutely positively going to want to be at twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. An amazing watch party. We have stepped up the watch party game here, and this is going to be crazy because it is players only, folks. Not only is it players only, listen to the players that are going to be involved. I just said a couple of the names there, but what do you say we, we add in a couple as well? So Derek Coleman, Sherman Douglas, Billy Owens, Roosevelt Bowie, Lawrence Moten, those five, and you never know who else might stop by, by the way, because they're in charge. It's players only. It's uncensored. It's just going to be crazy. Saturday night, tip time, remember, not till 9.55. So anything can happen, and you are getting the live reaction as those players watch the game with you. So please make that your second screen experience. How incredible is that? Derek Coleman alone is worth it. Now add in Sherman Douglas and Billy Owens and Bowie and Moten. And again, you never know what, who, who else might stop by. I was in a meeting today, so we had a little Zoom meeting about this today. And it is incredible just to see the the bond between these players, a true brotherhood. I it, It'd be just name me another school where the bond between the former players is better than with Q's players. John Wallace was in that meeting, too. He's going to be on the watch party. I mean, these guys love breaking each other's chops, telling old stories, going at it, the energy. And this was just the meeting. Imagine what's going to happen when the, the bright lights are on and they're going. So players only watch party, twitch.tv slash Talk Tomorrow night's going to start at 930 before the 955 tip. Enjoy that. It's going to be amazing. Okay, on to the game here. Syracuse and Houston. I saw this uh, before I went on the air, uh, just to note this, folks. This is how much the public believes in Syracuse. So I've talked throughout the week about the media coverage. Turn on your TV right now. You're going to see Jim and Buddy Bayheim on some show. I believe they're on The View currently. Only half kidding. They probably did the view this week. Syracuse was the darling this week because you have an engaging coach. And as ironic as that is to say, you know, Jim Beheim, when that national media is on him, turns on the charm. But the Jim and Buddy storyline, father and son, the underdog, all the elements people love about this tournament, right? So they have made the rounds. The Dan Patrick Show, first take. National radio, local radio, podcasts, you name it. 
They have been everywhere this week. You haven't heard from Houston much. Haven't seen Houston much, and I think they like that. I think they like kind of being in the shadows. Okay, you guys go do another interview. We'll be over here working on our rebounding, right? Not to say Syracuse isn't working on their game, but Houston is surely noticing this. You know who else is hopping all over Syracuse for entertainment purposes only? Listen to this. Per William Hill, Syracuse is snagging 69% of the total number of tickets and 71% of the total dollars wagered in its matchup with Houston. Syracuse, the only Sweet 16 underdog to be attracting at least 70% of the total dollars wagered among all spread bets in its respective matchup. So remember what Uncle Brent likes to remind you, and many of you out there don't need Uncle Brent to remind you of this, especially our friends like Scooter. This doesn't necessarily point to who they think is going to win. It points to how do we make money? How do we balance the money? Vegas wants your money. And in this case, Vegas stands for local casinos, whatever the case may be. But that is a significant amount of money. And the trends and the percentages going on Syracuse. The public loves Syracuse. And that feeds into what I was saying a moment ago. They've been out there so much. They're this underdog. People hear the stories of the zone and wow, Syracuse is 9-2 and two as a double-digit underdog, and those narratives take hold. And you got to ride somebody. And look, Syracuse, to me, I wrote a column about this today. They are the Sweet 16 sweetheart, if you will. Gonzaga's a great story, but everybody's kind of heard it by now. Yeah, they're good. We get it. The Pac-12 thing is interesting, but it's not quite enough to grab the human interest level. Michigan's got a great coach in Juwan Howard. They don't have their number one player. That's a local story. Sister Jean, been there, done that, heard it, right? The most interesting team, the most interesting storyline in the Sweet 16 and the team the public is embracing is Syracuse. Proof in the pudding is we're all here to make money on this thing, right? If your bracket is blown up, you can still wager on it. Heavily tilted numbers to Syracuse. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily believe people think they're going to win. They probably just like the point spread. Six and a half, it's even bumped up to seven in some spots on Houston. It opened at five. It's it's fluctuated back and forth. We'll see where it is by the time the game tips off tomorrow. But that is a big tilt on Syracuse's side. If I'm Calvin Sampson... Now, again, you got to be careful about the gambling references, but you can certainly point to your team and say, not only is Syracuse getting all the attention this week, everybody thinks they're going to win, and they're literally betting on Syracuse. The motivation level for Houston has to be off the charts here. And this is the team that loves to play rugged, physical. We've talked about it through the week. We'll talk about it with Jeremy Branham later in the show. You've gotten to know this Houston team by now. Their style of play kind of speaks to that team that's going to come out with nothing to lose. Now, I am as curious as anybody how this game gets officiated. I think that's going to be huge. Kevin Brown made that point earlier this week. How healthy is Jarreau is is big. Syracuse can match up with this team. There's some things they do well. I mean, the way Syracuse is playing right now, you can't doubt them. You really can't. But I think Houston has taken all this in this week, and I'm as curious as anybody how it fuels them. Because I think – 
with San Diego State and West Virginia. Those were good defensive teams, highly rated defensive teams. But the styles were not what Houston brings to the table. They ag- they com- they just agitate you. And I think what they're going to do differently that West Virginia and San Diego State did not do enough of is they're going to break up some of those screens at the top of the arc. So, Buddy, if you watch the West Virginia game, Bob Huggins even said this after the game that he regrets not breaking this up more. Buddy loves coming off those screens by Dolzhai up at the top of the key. Houston, I think, is going to make an effort to at least interrupt that. Buddy's going to get shots. He's going to get open. He's going to have his opportunities. I just don't think he's going to have as many open opportunities as he got against West Virginia. Not that Buddy can't hit contested shots. He has proven that. But agitate is the word that comes to mind here. I think Houston is going to try and agitate Syracuse as much as they can, literally, in terms of a physical standpoint defensively. But I think they're an agitated team, too. I think they've been taken in all, and I'll ask Jeremy about it later. Maybe he's got a sense of that. Maybe they don't want to give away the secrets here. But I think that Houston is going to get after Buddy at the top of the key more, at least make it harder on him. I think they're going to do. Now, Dolzhai's in a really interesting position here because I think to succeed against this Houston team defensively, you need a good passer at that position because Houston's mission statement on the wall is protect the paint at all costs. So I think they're going to again, to use the word, agitate Dolzhai a lot in this game. But Dolzhai can handle it. He can get out of it. He can certainly make that skip pass. And I think what you're going to see is if Houston's going to commit to kind of take out that screen at the top of the zone, there's that trailer pass that can go through the paint, literally through the paint, and Dolzhai can can get it, catch and shoot, or catch and, and approach the basket, or catch and make that one last pass to Garrier. I think Garrier's been quiet in this tournament, but I think Jim Beheim even said it this week. He's on the verge of something big here. So I think if Syracuse is going to win this game, they've got a good base here. Their offense has been lighting it up. They're moving the ball extremely well. If Buddy still has the hot hand, I mean, there's it seems like there's not a human on this planet that can guard him right now. You ride that wave, but I think they've got to do a couple things a little different in this game including being more physical themselves, that points to Garrier. If Alan Griffin wants to join the party, the player, not the coach in this case, all the better, right? Can you count on your bench being as productive as it's been? They've been pretty consistent here. But it's just amazing to be sitting here the day before the game and it just feels like everybody's on Syracuse's side, the money is on their side, the underdog story, Jim and Buddy were the toast of the media this week. And is it too much heat, right? Sometimes people don't like that much attention. For Syracuse, they've earned it. They're embracing it. Why not? Three weeks ago, this team wasn't even in the tournament. I didn't think they were going to make the tournament. I didn't think they looked like a tournament team. They've made an amazing turnaround here. Ride that wave till it hits the beach. Why not? But just know Houston's ready to kind of pop you in the nose a little bit. How healthy is Giroux? Quentin Grimes is a NBA-level player who I think will match up on Buddy at times, not necessarily all the time. He's 6'5". Word of the day, kids. Agitate. It's going to agitate him. But it's a sweet 16, man. There's a reason both of these teams are here. And I just I can't wait to see the back and forth of this game, the strategy of this game. 
I think Syracuse is using the fact that they are an underdog as a favorite. That's the one thing they can point to, right? And again, you got to be careful how you reference these things, but you know, coaches will always say something along the lines of, "Well, I don't look at that stuff," but somebody told me we're a six and a half point underdog. Four three seven seventy six forty four is the phone number. Hit me on Twitter, Brent asked me, and of course, the it looks like we got Twitch back up and running there after a temporary glitch. Sorry about that. The chat is there for you as well. So let's take a break on that note. We'll certainly discuss this matchup more. A couple other news and notes out there, as we mentioned, uh, major transfer news on the Syracuse women's basketball front. Got a couple closing thoughts on that lacrosse game. Even in a loss, I, I saw a lot that I liked last night. A lot. I didn't think I'd be saying that when Syracuse went to halftime. Donna DeToto later, Jeremy Branham, the play-by-play voice of Houston later, insane NFL trade day as well. And I want David Putney too, you pancake-eating. I can't say the whole line, but for fellow devotees of draft day, I cannot believe how well that movie has aged. I saw draft day in the theater. I remember walking out of there like, hey, that was pretty good. Not like overly impressed with it. Every time it comes on now, it has become the most unlikely rewatchable movie. I get sucked in every time. It's great. It has its flaws. They pretty much all involve Jennifer Garner's character, except at the end when she redeems herself. Get Putney. Well, we kind of saw that today in the NFL, so we'll get to that during Hot Takes Crazy Stuff. Happy Friday, everybody. Great to have you on board. We're back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Great to have you here on the block ESPN radio, twitch.tv slash Q sports talk players only watch party Saturday night. Don't miss that on Twitch. By golly, that's going to be insane. Derek Coleman, Billy Owens, Lawrence Moten, Sherman Douglas, Roosevelt Bowie, John Wallace. You never know who else might stop by. And it's we're, we're out of there. We're like, we're just going to flip the button on and let them do their thing. Players only. You watch the game with SU Legends. They'll answer your questions out of the chat, and it's going to be amazing. To the phones we go at 437-7644. Setting up the weekend, my man Scooter in Jamesville here. Scoot, if I don't know if you heard the stat that I cited a little earlier. So Syracuse right now getting 69% of total tickets, 71% of total dollars wagered. In this game against Houston, big big numbers. Well, uh, let me let me. Uh, first of all, I, I agree. I think six and a half is a lot. But let me give you a couple the opposite way. One of them was in the Super Bowl. I think I think Kansas City seventy five percent of the money or the or the percentage was was wagered on Kansas City, but the line never moved. And I That's thought right. that was kind of yeah. weird. That means that the the wise guys would go into the even worse was my Dolphins went to Denver with Tua when he was red hot. Ninety two percent of the public liked Miami minus three and a half, but the line never moved and Denver won the game outright. So the eight percent or whatever must have been wise guy money to keep that line exactly where you know from moving in that position and it's a little different in college basketball because you usually don't have days to put the money in that's why the lines the the early early lines are a little different than what the actual lines is because you usually don't take money to day of the game now being special you do it where football you can bet the whole week and usually everything kind of balances out so very interesting i was i i think i think six and a half is a lot uh 
I, you know, this is interesting. The Syracuse has played teams that normally are known for their defense first, offense second. This is their third time they're playing a team like that. And I thought for all two seeds, this was the easiest of all seeds, the matchups, because the Iowa's got an inside-outside game with Gaza, and, and Alabama's got athletes that can shoot the threes from outside. And even Ohio State, which lost early, has the ability to shoot from outside inside games. So I thought this was the easiest to see the Syracuse got this far, which I thought they would. I thought they were going to be West Virginia. So uh, six and a half is a lot. I mean, I wouldn't take Houston to six and a half. Let's put it that way. But the line is, like you said, going the, going the opposite direction. Yeah. Why if 70% of money is on Syracuse? <laughs> it's really it, interesting. It makes, it makes no sense least. to me. No, it doesn't. Uh, um, first of all, uh, when you when you see Chris Carlson, thank him again. I actually got an autograph out of the deal. And How actually, about that? Yes, indeed. Somebody brought in a newspaper article <laughs> and had me signed it. I first want to make sure that makes me so happy to hear that. Yeah, I love it. Well, well, first I want to make sure it wasn't his beer tab. First, I was signing for, but <laughs> yeah, be careful what yeah, you're signing yeah. there. Exactly. Just sign right article. here, sir. Yeah, yeah. But it was actually the article itself, so Excellent. it helped out the circulation and stuff. So. It was kind of interesting. I, it was my third autograph I ever had. I had two of playing the tambourine back in the 30s. But you're, let's a, get, you're a star. A star. Let, let's, get, let's get to what we're talking about. Oh, by the way, your namesake, X-Men, another workout, three furlongs. That means he's ready to run somewhere. Take a look at the West Coast, probably Santa Anita. Big comeback. Uh, they, yeah, big comeback. And it looks like it's Bob Baffert still the trainer, which is good. And he usually, he usually wins first time off layoff. So I'm kind of looking forward to that horse. Sophie's goal hasn't worked out since her race, which means that they're not probably going to race her for a little bit. Maybe waiting for Delmar or something like that. But keep an eye on those two horses. But definitely X-Men's ready to roll and it runs. Um, the, the, my best bet, I think personally of the of the, of the week, and it's the first game the hundred's going to win is the Gonzaga Creighton game. Uh, one fifty nine, one fifty eight, where you get the total for it. But both teams, uh, Creighton, Creighton, Creighton's the best transition team in the country. Gonzaga's the second best transition. They push the ball up court. I even I'm going to put a little, little action on the first half because both teams are like same way. So total seventy four points first half. I think it's hittable. I think that's I think that's the best chance. I will say this though, and this is where I, I've been harping on for, for for weeks and months. Now you can do it if you can be there. Shooting shooting's obviously it, it, you can see in the first five or six minutes how you're going to shoot. This game here, Creighton has not shot well yet in the tournament. Didn't shoot well against Georgetown. They're due for a game because they do have shooters. For Gonzaga fan, I'm a little scared about that. But if you're if you're never at the game, if you want to wait a couple of minutes. You know, you, you can still bet the first half in the game itself, but if you're just going to just bet the game, I think that's the best. Uh, I also like the uh, over in the Loyola in, in Oregon State. It's 126, but I think there's going to be a lot of fouling at the end of it's close. Loyola, I like as far as the point spread itself, uh, X-Men. I think, I think they're... And I think Oregon State kind of reminds me of Connecticut with Kimball Walker, the Stevie Thompson son, handles the ball 80% of the time. It goes through him, and I think Loyola's going to take it, you know, take him out of the game, and I think that'd be very interesting from there. And uh, I also like uh, the over in the Oral Roberts Arkansas game. Uh, didn't understand Florida guys it, uh, watching them and Rucker same time. They were they scored 67 points in the first 10 minutes and slowed it down. They scored 11 and just allowed Oral Roberts to get back in the game. So that overrun is about 157. Yeah, a lot of points there with Arkansas and their ability to score. So I, I like all those picks. I can't really push back on any of them. Scoot, good insight as always, my friend. The 
Sofiax College playing in solid footing once again. Scooter signing autographs. I, that just makes me happy. That just made my day. That is fantastic there. Good uh, insight as always. Scoot, 437-7644 if you want to join the party. Okay, a couple other things here I wanted to know. And I understand that this is a, a television call on radio, but I just have to give you the reaction, the great reaction from our friend Anish Shroff and Paul Carcaterra last night on this goal. Here it is. Wow! Rafus the assist to Scanlon with the magic stick, and we're tied at 13. Pull out something like this. Dordovic reverses the ball rotation back to Rafus, and then Scanlon with an absolute beauty of a shot. Sports Center top 10. Here we go. Syracuse lost that game. It was the fourth straight one goal game between Syracuse and Duke. Let me tell you what I liked about that game the grit the heart, the physical play, being able to play in conditions. It started raining. field was slippery. Duke came out, very physical, punched Syracuse in the nose, controlled the face-off X. Syracuse had a frustrating day at the face-off X. There's some new rules and some technical things there. They could have easily wilted. They were down big. They were down, I think the biggest they were down was seven goals. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong there. But it was it was a pretty significant hole that they had to dig out of, and I wasn't sure they could, and they did. And they did it by, I know they can score. We all know they can score. They've got the offensive talent. What I've been questioning, what I've been wondering about is the intangibles, the grit, the physical play. Got to flex a little bit. And they did that. Now, they lost. Great save by Adler. Duke's goalie at the end. Syracuse had not only a man up for the last 10 seconds of the game, they had a double man up. You got to cash those in, I think, they could have ran some better plays at the end there, but I came away from that satisfied. Five of six games starting with that one. In the top ten, they get a little time off. They have to play next week on April 3rd. I Look, you're going to lose some games in the ACC. These two teams are going to play again. Okay, You want a bet, you want a guarantee, they are going to play again because they're only on the schedule once at this point. Syracuse and Duke are going to play again this year, rest assured. But that goal from Scanlon is one of the greatest I've ever seen I loved how Syracuse, I mean, I'm just going to put it this way. They manned up. They flexed. They got pissed. They fought back after, I mean, Duke really punched him in the nose early. But Syracuse hung in there enough. Duke makes a run. Then Syracuse goes on a 9-1 run. I mean, that's just what these two teams do. So ultimately a loss. They'll fall back a little bit in the rankings, but I came away really impressed. The other big thing out there today non-Syracuse hoops-wise on, on the men's side as we'll continue to preview that matchup throughout the afternoon. Uh, Donna DeTota next hour, Jeremy Branham next hour. Emily Anksler transferred out into the portal, other players leaving. What does that mean? So we'll discuss that in an insane trade day in the National Football League during hot takes. Stay right there.